Yeah, welcome back to Amp Up The Good. I'm Scott Lewis, your host, and this is episode five. It is amazing for all of us that love Thin Lizzy. And frankly, if you don't love Thin Lizzy, you probably just don't like music, period. <laughs> hey, we're going to go into the vaults today, uh, circa 1992-93, which features the phenomenal Scott Gorham, who, as we know, was a member of Thin Lizzy, and then 21 Guns, and then Black Star Riders, and now is focused on making a new 21 Guns album. And the fact that Scott Gorham has laid down some of the most recognizable guitar riffs in all of rock and roll, he has also contributed to and participated in events to support TeenageCancerTrust.org, which was initiated by Roger Daltrey of The Who, but that's a totally different Amp Up The Good episode. For now, how about a quick little overview from Dr. Feinberg about what the TeenageCancerTrust.org really does do. The Teen Cancer Trust program that we're bringing from England to UCLA that's been spearheaded by Roger Daltrey is really a, a, it's really more a, a state of mind. It's putting together teenagers and young adults that are battling with cancer in a physical space and an emotional space where they can get better because of one another. And we want to thank you, Dr. Feinberg. Now, let me go into the vault and get it. There it is. All right. 1992, Scott Gorm stopped by for a conversation. This guy is so witty, so funny, so honest. We had a great time, and you'll be able to hear it. <laughs> Keep in mind, he is talking about the original 21 Guns uh, lineup, and so it is dated a bit, but let's check it out. And remember to amp up the good. I have in the studio with me right now a man who was responsible for some of the finest guitar riffs ever laid down in the world of rock and roll, Scott Gorham oh, from. Shucks. <laughs> oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. My gosh. We How always, are you, Scott? I'm doing well. Yourself, Scott? There's a lot of Scots in here, isn't there, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are presently with 21 Guns, and this is a, a new band that, uh, that absolutely. Uh, has been doing great, great, big business during our Nine Most Wanted at Nine. Oh, this great. is where we let the people choose what they want to hear. And uh, even though it's been uh, fairly new here at the station, it's done its job. It's already creeped in there. It's made its statement already. Yeah. So well, Good. Uh, I can tell you a little bit about, uh, I guess, the guys in the group and all that, if you want. Uh, We'd love to, because... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> these so who are, the heck are these guys, right? Exactly. They're, uh, actually, we're... Uh, Four American guys who live uh, in Europe. Uh, obviously, myself, I come from uh, Los Angeles, but I, I live in London. Uh, Mike Sturgis, uh, who's the drummer, he comes from Wisconsin, and he lives in London. Uh, Life Johansson, uh, the bass player, he comes from Minnesota, but he lives in Norway. <laughs> it gets worse. And Tommy Laverde, the singer, he comes from L.A., and he kind of flirts back from uh, Norway to Los Angeles, Norway, and, you know, that whole deal. So people keep saying, well, isn't it, doesn't it get kind of tough to uh, rehearse, you know? <laughs> <laughs> In our case, uh, uh, when we get together, we're usually together for about three months at a pop. Uh, one guy or two or three guys jump in an airplane, go visit the other guys, and so it doesn't really turn out to be any kind of a problem, you know. And how does it feel to... Uh... To be a band member again, to be I involved with that uh, that whole process, you know. <laughs> I love. Well, you know, it took me a, a, a while to, uh, uh, you know, to get back into it in this in this sort of form. Uh, obviously, I, I quit the Lizzie or Lizzie broke up in uh, 
uh, the end of 83. And, uh, you know, that was kind of a wild situation being in that band just because of uh, uh, the kind of things that we did as a group. I mean, the, the whole party aspect of Thin Lizzy just got a little bit out of hand <laughs> last couple of years. So I ended up taking, you know, a... Uh, uh, a couple of years off, and then uh, after that, I would do, you know, like a couple of sessions here and there with with friends. You know, either help them out with arrangements or put guitar on here and there. But one of the sessions I actually went on in uh, London. This is where I met uh, Life Johansson, and uh, uh, we got to talking, and he was, you know, talking about, you know, he also wrote songs, and I said, how about you and I getting together and writing a few and see what happens. And we actually ended up writing five songs, and we had. Um, Really, a lot of people from the outside listening to this stuff saying it's great. You know, what is this? Are you guys just writing songs or is this a band or whatever? And that kind of gave me, a, a, I guess, a real kick in the butt to, to go for it uh, 100%, you know, in, in the band sense, you know. So I uh, uh, called up uh, Mike Sturgis, who I just think is one of the greatest drummers ever. He's got a great touch uh, and he, he's really kind of a kicking player also. I called him up, said, come on over, listen to these demos, see what you think. Uh, as soon as he heard him, he wanted in, but he was already in another group, so he gave the phone call to the other band and said, see ya, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, the last guy to come in was uh, Tommy Laverde. said, let's give this guy a call. I did. Uh, I told him, I said, listen, I'm coming out to L.A. Let's, you know, let's talk. And I met him, and I tell you, the first thing that struck me was his sense of humor. The guy just kept me laughing the whole time, and at that point, I didn't even care if he could sing or not. Uh, I just wanted him in the band just because he kept me <laughs> laughing, you know. So... Um, I said, come on, listen, I'll buy a ticket to London, come over, let's put your vocals on the demos, and we'll, we'll take it from there. And when we actually got his vocals on the demos, we, we sat back and said, you know, that's, that's it, that's the group. But uh, I'd say the, the, another problem arise. he was in another band in Los Angeles that was just getting ready to be signed to another label, and once again, he had to give the dreaded phone call to uh, <laughs> the rest of the guys. You know? Those uh, those career decisions. Oh man, it's it's the eleventh hour. <laughs> what am right. I gonna do? Well, you know, I felt a little bit like the poacher, you know, to grabbing all these guys from different bands. But you know, if you're gonna get something together, the best you can possibly get, you got to start, uh, you know, grabbing the, the right people. So sure, and uh, it's a, a real show of commitment on somebody's part if they're willing to make that decision and uh, sign up for the for their long ride, that's you know? That's right, that's right. Um, we we got to go back because uh, you are a man with a past. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the history. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure that at this point you're probably going, well, you know, that was then and, and this is now. But uh, there are a lot of people who still uh, hail Thin Lizzy as, as one of the, uh, uh, you know, top ten true rock and roll bands, myself included, because I was lucky enough and old enough to see a Thin Lizzy show live. And, I mean, I left the, the stadium kind of beat up. It was just uh, <laughs> that kind of rock and roll event that you went to. Yeah. Uh, you guys really kicked some serious ass well, when you thanks. played live. I, well, it's not something that, that I, I uh, a subject I tried to avoid. You know, it's uh, because I really did. I had a hell of a good time in that band. I mean, we did a lot of things, met a lot of people. Uh, we made a lot of albums together. And, uh, you know, it was like being in the Navy. You know, you got around and you saw the world. And it was uh, great stuff. So, you know, it's not a subject that I... Uh, particularly want to avoid, but uh, uh, I really am into the you know 100% right into the 21 guns thing. So um, uh, let's go ahead. You you want to play a Lizzie track? Is that no, no, not at all. I, well, good. I just I, play, <laughs> I played a lot of Thin Lizzie before uh, you got here, and uh, I've I've got 
21 guns uh, queued up and ready to go. So don't worry. I'm not going okay. <laughs> to go loud. Let us listen to Jailbreak. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure that during that time that you were touring with Thin Lizzy, uh, because that was what some people consider to be rock and roll's heyday, quote unquote, uh, because uh, of just the nature of of the world at that time, you know, it was just uh, pretty much wide open. Bands uh, did what they want. Very outlaw theme to everything, yeah. uh, and, uh, and fun, and a lot of fun. That's what I wanted to say. Was it fun? I mean, did you have a good time? Oh yeah, you couldn't help but have yeah. a good time in that band. I mean, it's uh, uh, it almost everything was legal. You know, yeah, right. you just went on and you did it. You know, um, yeah, it, it really was. It, it was a great time to. It was a great time to be in a band, and it was well, still is now. You know. Uh, just I think things at that point were uh, just a little bit crazier, you know. People right now, I mean, we're we're tending to think about it a little bit more, you know, the, from the uh, uh, music side of it to the to the business side of it. So uh, back then it was just more sort of uh, the, this abandonment that happened, right? But uh, like I say now, you you know, people tend to think about it a little bit more seriously. And of course, uh, well, you know better than a lot of people that there is a price to pay for that lifestyle. Um, well, I mean, yeah. you, you saw a comrade go down. So. Well, right. You know, I mean, uh, uh, Phil actually died in uh, 1986, and that uh, was a direct uh, a direct result of uh, drug abuse. Uh, so, uh, and I think after you know, the thing about Phil is you you looked at him as he was kind of like the Mike Tyson of rock and roll. I mean, he, he could do more of everything than anybody. And uh, he was never going to go down, but uh, it's just like Mike Tyson. He finally got beat, and and so did Phil. So uh, there, there is no such thing as it, it, it can't hurt you because right. it will finally catch up with you in the end. You know. Yeah. Now, now that we've covered the past, <laughs> <All right. laughs> we're done with that. And I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to say a few words about it because I have run into people who say, please. Please, God, don't ask me any questions about the old band I was in. Um, but uh, And I, I do appreciate that because, like I said, Thin Lizzy is still a very much revered band in these neck of the woods. Well, thank you. And uh, I expect big things from 21 Guns as well. And I also got to say, it's a pleasure to interview somebody who has something to say. Sometimes you get people in here and you, you great question, and the guy goes, yeah. <laughs> and you're going, all right, well, I can you repeat the question? Yeah, that killed three seconds. Now what am I going to do? Uh, we're going to have you autograph a guitar, and we're going to give this guitar away tonight. So I believe. Now, is this the guitar that, that. Uh, that you smashed over in Ireland? In, uh... No, it's, no one it's, I, real? Okay. it's one of my favorite guitars. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were just uh, taking a few calls here on the, uh, on the, mm. uh, uh, while the song was playing. Uh, some old high school friends checking in with him there. and Dave Carlick, if you're out there, I did get the message, buddy. <laughs> it's an old high school buddy. Uh, you got to be uh, leery of those calls when they come through. You're going, oh, wait a second, man. Is this that guy I still owe 20 bucks to? Uh, he's finally caught up with me over here. Uh, you, um, are you the uh, elder statesman in this band? No. Okay. <laughs> he said that with a great deal of pride, no. I might ask also. I just, uh, no, no, we were talking about the yes or no uh, <laughs> I had to do that. Because <laughs> as he saw me start to fumble for a note, <laughs> start to panic, right? We're oh, back geez. down to that, man. <laughs> well, I, I have to admit, yes, I'm the, uh, I guess, the older guy in the band, you know. The other guys in the band, I mean, Tommy's like tw uh, 24 years old. Uh, uh, I think Mike is 27 and life is 26. So, yeah, you could say uh, I'm the vet. The vet, that's a good way to put it. Because 
uh, as things will, and I predict they will start to snowball. They will start rolling here for you. And, uh, uh, you know, these young bucks are going to need somebody to grab them by the nap of the neck and say, now, listen, we're going <laughs> to get into some high water here pretty soon, fellas. And uh, Well, I'd, I'd say, well, for me, you know, when we went and actually did the album, um, you know, there's always the doubt in the back of your mind because they hadn't actually done uh, albums for themselves. This was their first album project. So, you know, you kind of wonder... What's it going to be like uh, in the studio with them? I mean, are these? Are they, I, I know personally these guys are great musicians, but it's a different kind of pressure actually being in the studio. So, I mean, are, are these guys going to crumble? What's what's going to happen? And uh, that just was not the case. Uh, as soon as we walked in, I mean, uh, we were, had things all lined up, things recorded, and it, it, the whole thing was uh, recorded and mixed in six weeks. So that's uh, at that pace, it's really rolling. You know? Yeah, mm. and. Uh, <clears throat> Plus uh, the meter, you know, when it's running in that studio. Ain't <laughs> it's no the biggest time. taxi cab you've ever been in. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you, it's not the place to take your naps. You know, do that at home. <laughs> uh, when you're uh, when you're out on tour, or, or as you prepare to go out on tour, uh, do you think to yourself, you know, there there's some old things that work great, you know, and and stuff that I'd like to stay away from. Uh, what what will influence your shows? What kind of input? Obviously, you're going to concentrate a lot on the new music, mm. um, but you're going to have people down in front, yeah. uh, and they're going to be shouting out certain certain tunes that they'd like to hear. And uh, sure. how do you well, how do you, you know, walk that line? Well, I, you know, I've already uh, been asked that several times. You know, are, are you going to play Lizzie songs and all that? And you know, I really don't know. Uh, I, I don't know how how uh, that that side of it's going to be handled. Uh, uh, as it is right now, we've already gone out and done uh, a load of shows, and uh, uh, it's 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 not a thing that we have to actually rely on. Uh, we did play uh, one Thin Lizzy song in New York uh, because uh, we'd gotten two encores, and we'd only really kind of worked up to one. <laughs> And it was a case of, well, do we go out and uh, do we play one song uh, again, you know? And Tommy, both Tommy and Life, I mean, they they, they really dig the, the, the Thin Lizzy uh, thing. So in rehearsal, uh, you know, we'd, we'd actually jam on a couple of Lizzy songs just for a hell of it. And Tommy at that point says, nah, well, let's go out and do uh, Don't Believe a Word. And I went, what? And I said, well, okay. And we went out there and played uh, Don't Believe a Word. It went down a storm. And I, I have to admit... It, it was a hell of a lot of fun to play. I mean, I hadn't played uh, uh, any of those songs for, uh, you know, a few years now. And you tend to forget the actual feel of some of the songs. But uh, when we cranked up Don't Believe It, it really was. It was a lot of fun. So we'll, we'll see what, what happens when, when we get into these certain situations, if and will, if, if we do uh, actually end up playing any of them. Well, cool. Um, Am I, gotta... I getting verbal diarrhea here again? <clears throat> Not at all. <laughs> Uh, Somebody it, shut this guy up. <laughs> Has it? Uh, have you caught uh, some of the press and some of the the quotes from guys, uh, you know, members of Guns N' Roses? The list goes on and on of bands who cite uh, Thin Lizzy and your guitar playing as a big influence on them. And uh, I mean, did it did it take you back a bit? You know, uh, well, going well. I didn't I didn't know that that we we had this uh you know we had this impact on people uh well you know you, i don't think you ever do know uh, until maybe afterwards uh i think what the way it is with uh, most bands is really you're just trying to keep your head above water and just kind of slugging it out there with the rest of the bands uh i think the last thing on your mind is you know hey are we actually influencing anybody out there you're mainly just trying to get out there and uh, uh sell enough albums to enable yourself to do the next album 
but it, you know, it's always great to hear that uh, you know bands of that caliber actually, you know, cite the band as uh, an influence or whatever. I mean, sure, that's that's great, but like I say, you don't really sort of realize it at the time. Because you started playing at a, a very young age. Uh, well, I, was, I think I was 13 years old when I started playing. Unbelievable. In Glendale, California. <laughs> the first band was called The Jesters. Surf music with a fresh young sound. <laughs> doesn't get much cornier than that, well, does it? <laughs> from Glendale, I mean, that's okay. That's pretty hip for Glendale, isn't it? Um, <laughs> what, were, what were you listening to as a kid? I mean, what what's made you say, you know, I'm... <laughs> I'm going to pick up my surfboard and a guitar. <laughs> well, at that point, I was playing uh, a bass guitar. I played that for about six years. And uh, really, the, the guys that uh, made me want to get out there and actually play guitar were, you know, the likes of, uh, you know, Hendrix and, and Beck and, and Clapton and those kind of guys. Because really, those, those players, they were real um, innovative type of players. I mean, you could switch on the radio, and all you had to do was just hear their guitars, and you knew exactly who it was. So I thought, uh, you know, that, that really gave me a, a, real, a real kick to want to get out there and, and, and make it a full-time deal. I mean, I, I mean, I've wanted to do this ever since I was a kid. It's the greatest job in the world, you know. And uh, all of a sudden you find yourself out there on the stage in front of people doing it. It's, uh, you can't beat it, you know. You just can't beat it. <laughs> <laughs> and what, you only had to work uh, three hours a night, right, when you were... Uh... Well, you know, the thing is, you know, I've been out on this PR tour here, and these guys got me up at 5, 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. I mean, I, hey, I joined a rock band, so I wouldn't have to get up early in the exactly. morning. <laughs> exactly. We should probably check one out, huh? This is Knee Deep from Salute 21 Guns, featuring the great Scott Gorham. I'm a real charmer. <laughs>
Thank you so much, Scott Gorham. That was 21 Guns, Knee Deep, from 92. They got a new album in the works. Scott Gorham and the band trying to get it all together for us again. I want to thank Scott Gorham for his participation in TeenageCancerTrust.org. I want to thank Dr. Freinberg as well for giving us an overview, and Roger Daltrey as well. I'm your host, Scott Lewis, and I want you to check in next time, too. Thanks for listening this time. Don't forget, no matter where you are or what you're up to, you can always amp up the good. <laughs>